Welcome to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. These series are hosted by Arvid Bhatt, a triple accredited master coach and expert on the leadership brain and personality. He's worked with over 500 CXOs of multinational companies. Besides his work as an executive coach, he's an author and public speaker. Every episode contains a 15-minute masterclass with in-depth knowledge and a practical case study. Follow our series and become an expert on leadership yourself. Welcome to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. Episode 4, Oxytocin. Welcome back to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. I hope you recovered well from the last episode about symbiosis. Today we're going to talk more about the same subject, but on a neurobiological level. Because symbiotic recognition and attachment is based on both a nurture side, being the way your parents helped you develop and view the world, and a nature side. This nature side is basically the neurobiological blueprint you're born with. It's very, very important to understand this, because it explains why abused children might grow up being very happy, and really well-raised children end up in jail. There's not one formula for human development. In this series, I'm trying to show you and make you feel what the influencing elements are. Symbiotic development and feeling unconditionally recognized is one of them, as we've learned in the previous episode. But so is oxytocin. This neurotransmitter is often referred to as the cuddling hormone. Try to recall this mental picture I've asked you to make of the baby being fully secure in the womb of the mother. When a baby develops in a healthy way in environment, he or she makes oxytocin in the brain when cuddled or caressed in a sensitive way. Sensitive meaning adapted to the needs of the child. So if your system is taught to make oxytocin, you'll be able to feel connection and attachment to other people and making it during the rest of your life. But if your oxytocin is very low because of a neurobiological defect or a bad symbiotic connection, you can't. And this is a problem that will stay with you for the rest of your life. This is why the link between a mother and child is so crucially in the life of any person. You might think, hey, but what about the father? Well, he can help, for sure. But in a much smaller way than a lot of men would like to think. First of all, in relation to the baby, the father can also make some sort of oxytocin, called prolactine. Very important to know is that a man only gets his oxytocin in prolactine level raised when the relationship between the parents is good. These higher levels will also cause the father's testosterone levels to lower, making him more sensitive, less irritated and less likely to mate with other women during this stressful period. A very old biological system that works, but only as long as the parents are in a good relationship. If this is the case, the father can add or build upon the good bond with mother and child. He can't replace it, nor can he solely compensate for a bad mother-child relation. If you look at it from a black and white perspective, the mother is responsible for the development of love, connection and reciprocal relation building until a child, boy or girl, is around the age 11 or 12. Then the father is becoming responsible for the development of autonomy and preparedness to take risks. Basically, grow up to be an independent adult. Both parents can help each other, but it's certainly not a shared project. If the mother neglects the child, the oxytocin disorder will never recover. Unless the child has this amazing blueprint 
in which the oxytocin levels are higher than normal. It's always difficult to understand the complexity of someone's personality in relation to upbringing and neurobiology. We tend to accept logical facts as scientific correlation. To make you understand this human error, I'll give you a short example. 20 people are walking outside, and suddenly, it starts to rain. People get wet. People get wet because of the rain, right? Well, it seems that we lean towards the answer of, yeah, that's right, without the rain, they wouldn't be wet. But that's not the same as a correlating fact. Because one of the 20 people wasn't wet. He brought an umbrella. So people get wet because it rains and they're too lazy to bring an umbrella or too stupid to open it in time. This is also important when trying to grasp the context of personality development. It's not because a child is neglected, he or she isn't able to symbiotically connect to others. It's a probable cause, but when compensated with a brilliant neurobiological blueprint, it could all be fine. A great example in this extremely rude experiment is a foster home in the 1950s. They divided a group of babies in two categories. The first group stayed in the foster home without any love and just the most basic care. The other group was brought to a much nicer home with more facilities. Also, they got a group of lightly mental handicapped young women to take care of the children. They were very loving and caring and connected with the children. Almost all the children in this first group grew up with serious mental issues and basically none of them were able to grow up as an independent adult without any need or care. The second group amazingly recovered from the fact they were abandoned by the biological parents and were able to build a good life, have a family and work to keep up. That's amazing, isn't it? These crucial elements in any person's life are so important to understand the choices they make later in life. But let me remind you once more, it's not a basic formula. It's about researching all the elements and trying to build a congruent story of all matters involved. For this moment, let's see what the lessons are. 1. Symbiotic attachment and development are depending on the neurotransmitter oxytocin. Without this, any nurture effect will be useless. 2. Oxytocin is made when a child receives cuddling and physical security adapted to their needs by a sensitive parent. 3. A father can contribute to this, but only creates extra oxytocin and prolactin if the relationship between parents is good. 4. The biological mother is primarily responsible for the symbiotic development and reciprocal abilities of a child. The father or other family and caretakers can only add to this. 5. The biological father is primarily responsible for the child after the age of 12 to develop a sense of autonomy and preparedness to take educated risks. Practical case study. A case study with Gary. The CHRO of Company X called me to talk with his new CFO. This man, called Gary, is doing a great job on a competence level but isn't able to create any connection with his team. It's his first role as CFO in this position where he has really to lead this team. Before, he was more of a solistic expert. For the people around Gary, it's important to interact and feel recognized. It's not something you can replace with a robot or computer, as you can imagine. But the CHRO told me he thinks Gary might be showing some autistic characteristics, as this has been mentioned by team members more than once. Speaking with Gary, I can immediately tell he's not suffering from ASD, standing for Autistic Spectrum Disorder. He makes eye contact, 
understands other people's feelings and really connects in our conversation. The problem is, he just doesn't care about others. It's more of a cognitive process than an emotional one. He values others as long as they are important in contributing to his goals. It's not that he disapproves them or shows arrogant behavior, he just doesn't feel it in any other way. When I ask Gary to tell me something about his upbringing and history, he's very clear. He had no upbringing. His father was never in the picture and his mother was a troubled woman with a diagnosed schizophrenic disorder. She wasn't able to give young Gary any sense of symbiotic love and recognition. He survived and was extremely smart, so he could easily study finance and become this brilliant expert. But in relation to others, he struggles every day. Sometimes it seems to work for a while, as in his relationships with the women he's dating. But shortly after the first phase is over, he feels bored and doesn't create oxytocin in his brain. In relationship psychology, they name the phases. First you are in drive mode, responding to primary emotions like feeling in love and wanting to build a physical relationship. After about six months, this transfers into a phase of like, where the oxytocin helps to build a long-lasting relationship. But people suffering from a bad oxytocin uptake go from drive, not to like, but into boredom. They just want something else and won't be able to build real relationships. Ever. It's a bit of a downer, isn't it? Or you should just value the fact that you are this lucky person to be able to connect long-term. Gary isn't and won't ever be a good CFO. Not because of his cognitive competences, but because of his inability to build real relationships with people. In my role as an executive coach, it's always very important to protect professionals, leaders and companies for the pitfall of believing that everything can change. A lot can change. But if the neurobiology is against you, it won't. And besides that, Gary will be a lot more comfortable and effective in a position as a consultant, accountant or expert. Sometimes the outcome of coaching can be a change of environment. In this case, it was the best outcome for both Gary and the company. Let's end this episode with the most important thing that came up. Even if symbiotic development was offered in a sensitive way, if the oxytocin uptake is disturbed because of a neurobiological defect, people will never be able to go from drive into the like phase. Also, if a child with a normal neurobiological blueprint is being neglected and doesn't learn how to create oxytocin, he or she will be very unlikely to ever restore this problem. The biological mother and child bound is crucial in this process. Thanks for listening. I hope you join me next time when we're working on the subject matter of hierarchy. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like and subscribe to our iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud channels. More information on executive coaching and bookings can be found on true-leadership.com.